You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom-targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoppinStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. We're talking uh, to a pharmaceutical uh, industry insider, uh, Troy Duell. Uh, Troy is dishing on uh, some of the strategies used by the pharmaceutical industry to get people to use their products. And, you know, no question that some of the products are remarkable breakthroughs that enable people to live longer, healthier lives. But on the other hand, we're seeing too much in the way of polypharmacy. Americans uh, over the age of 65, uh, many are on three, four, five or more drugs uh, treating. Uh, sometimes the, the, the drugs are used to address the problems that previous drugs caused. <laughs> so uh, this is a big problem. It's going to ultimately sink our healthcare budget. Uh, so, uh, Troy, what are some of the strategies that you suggest people think about in 2024 to cut their pill dependence? Yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of discipline involved. It's, it's really pretty simple, and I think we've all heard it, but none of us really like what we hear, which is it comes down to taking ownership of our health, and that's starts with diet and exercise. That's the cornerstone to just about every disease that's out there because we know that inflammation is a real issue. Diabetes is a real issue. High blood pressure is a real issue. And most all of those can be curtailed or reduced or in some cases taken off all medications if we just attend to our diet and exercise. And we do those simple things in order to, to change our lifestyle habits. And then on top of that, when you go into a physician's office and you partner with your physician or your practitioner, I think it's always key to say, you know, my goal is to help these symptoms go away. But my ultimate goal is to get off of these medications. Mm-hmm. And what is a plan? that you and I can put together in order to get me off of these medications and which ones can I get off first? And if that physician or practitioner balks at that idea or says there's no way to do it, then really they're not having your best interest at heart and they're not looking to find ways to get you back to as healthy as possible or the the greatest help you could have. And I would use caution in going back to that physician and and maybe look to find other physicians. And don't just, I I think, 
for too long, we as in, as individuals, when we go into our to the healthcare setting, we have sat back and we have basically been observers as somebody else has taken on the ownership of our health. And instead, we should go in and we should be very proactive. We should be asking questions. We should be very inquisitive about the products that we're taking. What are the long-term side effects? What are the short-term side effects? What are things that it could interact with? And how can I get off of these things so I'm not relying on them long-term? And I think if you have that basis of a mentality that you will have a much greater outcome and much greater health long term. Well, you know, I think most physicians uh, are kind of idealistic. And unless they've had their idealism completely uh, expunged from them during their arduous medical training, uh, most of them believe in you know, natural lifestyle. But many patients are kind of resigned to the fact that people uh, don't want to do these things, that they want to, you know, eat the foods and they want to have a sedentary lifestyle and, they, you know, don't like to get all sweaty with exercise. Uh, and so uh, they rely on pharmaceutical methods to control these common problems, you know, blood sugar, blood pressure, uh, cholesterol, weight, uh, and so on. The, 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 types of chronic problems that afflict, you know, 65% of Americans and lead to disease and early death. Uh, but uh, I think it's important, you know, as you say, for a patient to signal to the physician like, no, uh, I'm not just a pill taker. Uh, I want to partner with you. Uh, I don't want to ignore a medical problem. And if I need medication, I absolutely need it. And, you know, uh, but I have a very, very high threshold for accepting your recommendations for uh, medication if it's unnecessary. Right. So that uh, mm -hmm. you kind of set the ground rules and your physician, you then engage your physician's uh, latent idealism, which is buried somewhere there, who will say, great, okay, I've got a patient who's willing to work here to make sure that he's not on blood pressure medication, that he's not on, uh, you know, blood sugar medication, that he's not uh, in need of, uh, you know, weight loss medication, which is so popular these days, and so on and so on. Uh, so uh, the, I think that's part of the contract between a physician and a patient is that the patient should be engaged in their self-care to the extent possible. And you can, you know, state that up front. Absolutely. And I, I think physicians, for the most part, get into medicine because they want to help people and they don't want to see people coming in just being mindless robots about their health. They truly want to see people get back to health. But I think there has been a, uh, I guess over the years, just a wearing down of a lot of physicians who get used to people coming in and just saying, hey, what's easiest so I can get back to what I consider a normal life. And instead of sometimes physicians taking that initiative, if the patients will, I think it is a huge, huge opportunity to to move in the right direction. And again, if, if you take that initiative as a patient and the physician doesn't uh, come along with you or take up the other side of the contract, as you say, then you really need to find another physician. And I, I would think that after 
the years of COVID where we saw, you know, 95% of the people who died from COVID had at least one comorbidity and on average had four comorbidities, meaning they had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, they had high blood sugar, or they were obese, or any of the others. It, is, it was a, a wake-up call for our culture to get healthy and to really start taking ownership of our health because that was truly an opportunity that 95% of those people, maybe not 95%, but a large percent of that, that 95% would still be here today if they had addressed those health concerns before COVID ever became an issue. And I totally agree with you. I think it was sort of a lost educational opportunity because we focus so much on uh, vaccines and meaningless uh, health measures like uh, wearing masks and the six foot uh, distancing, which is arbitrary and, you know, shutting down our, our schools, our, our gyms, uh, our workplaces. Uh, and really, there should have been a clarion call to advance our, our health, you know, because let's say so as realistically, some people would have succumbed to COVID no matter what. Uh, it wasn't a merit system, but to a certain extent, it was a merit system. And the statistics show that uh, America was really particularly vulnerable because of our piece, this word that came into prominence. Most people didn't know before 2020 comorbidities, you know, all these underlying conditions, obesity, hypertension, blood sugar problems, uh, cardiovascular uh, risk, deconditioning, frailty. Uh, these are uh, conditions that rendered people more susceptible to severe COVID outcomes and death. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that the message of COVID, the take home message for people is that, uh, you know, they got to go back to boot camp and get fit and become more resilient in the face of, you know, potentially future challenges. Absolutely. And I, I really wish there had been been more time spent on creating fear from comorbidities than fear from not wearing a mask or not having the social distancing, because that would have had a much greater impact on the outcomes and the health of people's lives or the health of people than this fear that they were throwing out that you you have to wear a mask or you have to socially distance. So uh, addressing those issues is the key. And I, I think that one of the things that you always get, and I'm, I'm sure you hear all the time, Dr. Hoffman, is, okay, well, what do I do to really get to the next level? And, and I think people get overwhelmed with it. And I think it's important really to step back and go, Hey, let me assess my health and take a, a personal health assessment and see are there things that are in my control that I am not doing? What do I need to do? And then are there certain things that I can change throughout the day? Like, uh, if you're living in a, or working in a building or living in a building and you have an elevator, take the stairs instead of the elevator or take the stairs half of the way instead of the elevator. And that's a perfect way just to get more steps in that you're going to have to do anyway. It's it's purposeful. It has meaning to it. And uh, you can get some exercise and burn some calories and do things like that. When you go out to lunch, instead of getting that uh, that side of fries, get a side salad and just make minor changes. You don't have to 
to revamp the whole world and be working out seven days a week and eat nothing, you do have to make minor changes and it will go a long way in changing your health. And then once you make those steps and they become habits, then you, you step it up a little bit further. I have to ask you this question because you're a Southerner. You went to uh, the University of Alabama and uh, you reside in, in the South. And, you know, if you look at health statistics and the use of medications uh, and obesity statistics and statistics for cardiovascular disease and, and now even more ominously uh, statistics that reflect on longevity, you know, which are the states that are uh, moving forward and which are the states that are unfortunately moving backwards? You know, we're suddenly finding that Americans are living less long. And it often, you know, it, it, let's face the facts, it to some extent, is a phenomenon that is concentrated in the southern tier in states like Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, West Virginia. Uh, these are states where things are moving backwards in terms of uh, our health statistics. So what is it about southern culture? What's going on down there? Uh, we like fried food in the south, <laughs> and we like sweet things. And I, I think the fried food and the sweets and Honestly, I think there is a lot of processed food ingested in the South, and some of that's because we still have that Southern food culture of fried foods, but more of it's even processed now than it was before. It's not just getting fried chicken that your mom made uh, when you were growing up that came, you know, she had to cut up the, the chicken, and then she fried it, and everything was relatively non-processed as she put it together but uh -huh. now when you get these things they are incredibly processed yep. and i think the more processed they've become the less healthy we have become and we've gotten further and further from where real food is hitting our tables and uh, unfortunately we've in the south and across the united states we've gotten lazy especially in the diet with our with our kids and I've been guilty of it where they're wanting something to eat and they want something fast and you can get them something uh, from Chick-fil-A or McDonald's or whatever it may be and you get it quick and it's just not good healthy food where 30 years ago you didn't have all these fast food options across uh, every city and suburb that you came across and now they're they're everywhere and yep. you could eat fast food for the whole week without really eating at your home and uh and when you do eat at home it's typically processed food and i, I think that's a lot to do with the southern culture of we're trying to make it easy and no longer do it from scratch and it's a shame because within the south we have a lot of opportunity to get fresh vegetables and fresh fruits because it's not far from any city or any area that you could drive and you could have all the the fresh fruits and vegetables that you could want and eat. And a tradition of eating things like uh, collard greens and so on. Uh, but, you know, I think that some of it has to do with the uh, South's relatively recent history of poverty. And uh, in fact, you know, I was reading histories of World War One and World War Two. Uh, typically, recruits from the rural South 
uh, didn't meet the requirements because they were underweight. So they, they actually had to put them into these uh, uh, training camps. You know, part of boot camp was to feed the Southern boys so that they hmm. would reap they would actually reach the weight requirements, the minimal weight requirements, which is probably like maybe 130 pounds or something, so they could have to rifle. Uh, now the problem is the opposite. They can't find enough military recruits from a, uh, a culture that traditionally generated the majority of military recruits for America. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really a sad, sad tale of our culture and, and what's going on. And, and a lot of that is, is education, um, where we've got to educate more people about the consequences of, of eating. I mean, uh, most people don't understand why processed foods are bad. They think, Oh, here's something out of a box that says it's healthy. So it must be healthy. And I, I think just like in the pharmaceutical realm, we would do well to have Kind of a counter argument to yes you can have this but here are the the downsides to to going down this path and really reevaluating um, as i'm sure you've talked to before just the whole food pyramid and how we get our food and uh, trying to back off the ease of the food that we get and start doing things again from scratch that uh, make sense Indeed. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, uh, the Centurion Labs, uh, of which you're the uh, founder. Uh, what are you about? Yeah, Centurion Labs, we're a, a small pharmaceutical company, and we have both um, over-the-counter products, but we also have supplements. And really what, what we're about is finding areas of health that may be underserved uh, or have a greater influence to go with uh, the, tra- the traditional pharmaceutical medication? And can we step in and find underlying causes to help people as they're trying to take ownership of their health, to come in and help come alongside them, help them get the right nutrients that they need to make sure that their body is working uh, to the best way that it was designed possible? And then to really uh, make it affordable because one of our beliefs and core beliefs is it doesn't matter how good the product is or how effective the product is. If you can't afford it, it doesn't do uh, anybody any good. So try to make it to where it is truly just a a cash pay product. You know what it costs and there's transparency there and uh, you can come alongside us and, Hopefully, we can help you get to the goals that you have from a health standpoint, whether that's with your immune health or with becoming pregnant or um, any number of things. That so the, the prenatal uh, supplements, in other words, that you optimize pregnancy outcomes, right? Correct. Right. Correct. And, you know, one of the big things, especially in pregnancy, that most people don't realize, um, the whole inability for depending on what studies you look at 40 to 60 percent of the population to to break down folic acid most people don't understand that folic acid is a synthetic vitamin that that we get and was never uh, part of nature but it mimics nature mm-hmm. yep. so instead those things that are bioavailable like l methylfolate or folinic acid and 
allow your body to actually use those nutrients to the best of their ability. So it can help with uh, you getting pregnant, staying pregnant, and uh, having a successful pregnancy. Yeah, that that truly is, uh, I think, an important innovation in nutrition is to recognize that uh, synthetic vitamins uh, you know, are not as easily metabolizable as the, their more natural versions. So it's it's great that you utilize quality ingredients. All right, uh, great stuff. The website for Centurion is what? Just centurionlabs.com? Correct. Centurionlabs.com, C-E-N-T-U-R-I-O-N-L-A-B-S.com. Okay, great stuff. Uh, well, look, you know, it, it's interesting because um, some of our, our sponsors – uh, of products in the natural realm, uh, their CEOs and founders are people who cut their teeth in the pharmaceutical business, uh, and then they came over from the dark side to the light <laughs> to to promote uh, healthier products using their pharmaceutical expertise. So we congratulate you on uh, making the transition and uh, you know recognizing in your career the limitations of. Uh, uh, promoting a pharmaceutical model and, and trying for something better. So great stuff. Well, thank you, Dr. Hoffman. I appreciate the time and have enjoyed the conversation. Indeed. That's Troy Duell. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I want to thank you for listening to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app and get new episodes automatically downloaded every weekday. And please give us a rating and review. It truly helps new people discover Intelligent Medicine. The Intelligent Medicine Podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions. Finally, please visit drhoffman.com and discover everything intelligent medicine has to offer, including frequently updated unbiased health news and fully vetted product and supplement recommendations. 